Jesus. That your prayer, would you rise to your feet and lift your hands and ask that the Spirit of the Lord would answer that request. We worship you tonight, God, and we are telling you that we desire more of your Spirit. We'll never be satisfied, God, with status quo, but we're reaching for more of you, Lord. We thank you today, dear Jesus, for your presence and your Spirit. Amen. How many are thankful to be in the house of the Lord this evening? Thank you, Jesus. We're such a blessed people. We are such a blessed people. Amen. I know that this week uh, we've got a lot of miles to run. There are many things that are going to be happening. And it's not my desire to tax you time-wise or emotionally. Uh, but I do feel the Spirit of the Lord would like to do something wonderful for all of us in this house. Now, does anybody else feel that? God wants to do something great. And, and you know, I, I just, all I can really do as a man of God is just do what God tells me to. Kind of like the doctor tells the pharmacist what kind of medicine to give. And sometimes the pharmacist can say, well, I'll make it blueberry or strawberry, you know, make it palatable. Um, and, and, and I can't believe, I have been wrestling really in my heart and my mind, like, God, is this is this really what you'd have me to bring to your people tonight? And it just is. And, and uh, I just want to obey God. Anybody would just want to help us follow after the Holy Ghost tonight? Let's clap our hands to the Lord and give him praise for what he's about to do. <laughs> praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You may be seated tonight. The next few moments I want to talk about preach about, teach about the crown and the cross, the crown and the cross. The message that we are going to preach about and talk about and the subject matter we're going to consider tonight in the denominal world has been pushed to the background of Christianity. But I'm thankful tonight to be in a church where it's the full gospel. The full gospel declared over the pulpit without fear, without favor. God, whatever's in this word, whatever you've got in this word, that's what we want. That's really the definition of an apostolic. We follow the apostles' doctrine. Amen. Not the apostles' creed where some man went into a dark room and wrote what sounded good. But we follow the apostles' doctrine. And I'm thankful for that tonight. There are some things in life in this living for God that I do not fully understand. And I can't really wrap my mind around it. And, there, and one of those things is the cross, the cross, the cross, the cross, the cross. It is such an interesting thing that happens, really. We can talk about things that happen upon us in life. Things that perhaps we ourselves have a hand in making. And others that just happen to us, like the testimony we heard just before Scripture reading, not by any fault of our own. And it can be said, well, that's just his or her cross to bear. The cross is not merely a symbol proclaiming a certain theosophical persuasion or belief. And it's not simply a bejeweled ornamentation to hang about one's neck, to show one's wealth. But the cross is a place of suffering. 
And, and that word suffer means to be under, to be under. And the, 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 the F-E-R, the remainder of that word means to bear, whereas we would say to undergo. And truly it can be said, if you're going to know Christ, you're going to know him in the power of his resurrection, and you're also going to know him in the fellowship of his sufferings, and you're going to know what it's like to die. Not just once or twice, but to die daily. You're going to know what it's like to say, not my will today, but thine be done. There'll be situations that you face in life when you've got to speak to your own soul and say, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. You're going to be acquainted with the cross. The cross is a place of death. And nobody desires to die, not even Jesus. For in Luke 22 and 42, he said, Father, if thou be willing, would you please remove this cup from me? Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. The cross is a place of public torture. It is a place of public shame. It is a place of mockery. It is a place of embarrassment. It is a place of unfairness. It is a place of misunderstanding. And I can hear as some would say, if that is the Son of God, as Jesus hung there on the cross. Some probably said it in mockery, but I can hear it. Some others, confusion. All he did was good, and if he is the Son of God, why does he have to endure this place of confinement, this place of agony? And I can hear even sometimes under the crosses that we all have to bear. If that's really the way, then why do you have to deal with this or that in your life? The cross is a place where one can feel forsaken and where it seems the brightness and sunshining day has removed itself. Even Jesus, while he hung on the cross, the sun hid its face. And in that dark moment, our Lord and Savior said, Eli, Eli, Lama Sabachthani, a place where you feel so misunderstood and forsaken by God. So it is so perplexing to me, why would Jesus say to us, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow not a part of this living for God that a lot of folks like to talk about or acknowledge. Man, in Mark, I believe it's the 8th chapter and the 34th verse, he says it again, if any man, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. But just like Jesus knew, there was a purpose to his suffering. Said in Luke, the 9th chapter and the 22nd verse, the Son of Man 
he must suffer many things. And he's going to be rejected of the elders and of the chief priests and scribes, the religious of that day. But I'm going to rise again on the third day. Even so, the crosses that we must bear, we look unto Jesus Christ, who for the joy that was set before him, it was not masochism, it was not purposeless, but there was a joy that was set before him. And he endured the cross, though he despised it, he despised the shame, not the cross. He didn't despise the cross, he despised the shame. Now, because he endured the cross, set down in a place of power, the right hand of the throne of God. I believe that joy that was set before him is somewhere down the telescope of time. He zoomed in on this Tuesday night and would see you and I able to say, we're going to dance in your presence until you come again. The purpose of the cross was fulfilled. And that's why we're able to lift up holy hands without wrath and doubting and say, Jesus, because you endured, I know I'm going to make it. I know I'm going to go through this with power, with authority, and with the favor of God. Oh, clap your hands to the Lord tonight. It's amazing to me, Revelation 2, 8 through 10. Jesus introduces himself, Lord God Almighty, to the church in Smyrna and says, Under the angel of the church in Smyrna, Write these things, saith the first and the last. He which was dead and is now alive. Moving down to verse number 10 of the second chapter. He says to fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil's going to cast some of you into prison that you may be tried. And you shall have tribulation. But I like this. I like this. Ten days. But if you're faithful unto death, if you're faithful to the cross, if you're faithful to the misunderstanding, there is on the other side of that cross a crown of life. Yeah, we might have to suffer down here. But there's coming a day when I'm going to toss this old cross and I'm going to pick up a crown. And really, if I can say it this way, the key to your crown is how you carry your cross. The suffering today, Romans 8 and 18, the Apostle Paul said, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not even worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. The key to my crown is how I carry my cross. 2 Timothy 2 and 12, if we suffer, we shall also reign. And so I can say with the old psalmist, and I'm going to cling to the old rugged cross. And one day I'm going to exchange it someday for a crown. How many tonight can say, thank you, God, for my cross? 
It takes a mature person to say, thank you, Jesus, for my cross. Because what my cross does for me, I'm getting ahead of myself. I can really fulfill the scripture that no flesh is going to glory in your presence. How is it that some might be able to preach powerful messages and still walk on this terra firma? Because when they step out of the pulpit, what meets them right outside the door is their cross. So thank you, Jesus, for my testimony. Thank you, Jesus, for my, oh my, I think we ought to stop right here. I think we ought to stop right here, and we ought to thank God for what he's brought us through. We ought to really say thank you, Jesus, for what my cross is working in my life. Can you do that together? Say thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And so tonight, just a couple of moments, and I, I'm intentionally, I don't want to be very long because we've got such a week, but I want to talk about the four attitudes toward the cross. The four attitudes toward the cross. The first attitude we're going to look at is the attitude of misunderstanding. 1 Corinthians, the first chapter, verse 18 through 29, and for sake of time, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm going to pick out a couple of points. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. I don't understand. What is this preacher doing during the revival? It's, I don't know. It's foolishness to this carnal mind. But unto us which are saved, we understand that it is the access point to the power. You're never filled with the Holy Ghost until you mortify the deeds of your flesh. You can't walk in the power of the Spirit until you fully repent. Die out. The Jews require a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block and unto the Greeks foolishness. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. And I'm going to say it again. What my cross does for me is it keeps this flesh in check. No flesh is going to glory. And so when I'm walking down the road and I feel the power of God, yeah, the power of God move on me and I'm able to speak to needs. I'm able to speak to the hearts of men. I'm able to touch men. I don't leave feeling puffed up, but I say, God, unto you belongs all glory because I know where I come from. I know the things that I deal with on a daily basis. And God, thank you for being so kind. Thank you for being so wonderful to me. I don't deserve it, Jesus. Jesus, you've been wonderful, and thank you for using me. And oh, by the way, God, all of the glory belongs to you. All of the glory. I think somebody ought to give God glory. We drove up in cars we don't deserve. We're in suits we don't deserve. We're able to live in homes we don't deserve. But the glory, somebody give God the glory right now. Thank you, Jesus. The next attitude toward the cross, there are those that despise the cross despise the cross. 
Philippians 3, 16 through 19. For sake of time, I'm going to get to my point. There are many, for many walk, of whom I have told you often. Now I tell you, weeping, that they are enemies. I want you to hear me. Enemies. And the reason that they are enemies is found in verse 19. Who's in this destruction? Because their God is their belly. And their glory is in their shame. And they mind earthly things. They only know how to serve themselves. It's the attitude of the Nicolaitans, Pastor you know, if it feels good, I'm just going to do it. Uh, eat and live and drink and be merry. Yeah, tomorrow we're gonna, no, no, no. Around here we serve a great purpose. And we're not going to be the enemies of the cross. Uh, the Bible further says, and we can truly ascribe this uh, to those that are, that, that, are, that are just modern, modern Christianity. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 3 and 5, they have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. You see, the real power of Pentecost is the sacrifice. The real power of Pentecost is the sacrifice. The real power that you might see in the pulpit didn't just happen in the pulpit, but somewhere there was dedication and consecration and, oh yeah, sacrifice that happens. The whole objective of those who are despisers of the cross is to remove from Christianity the cross and enjoy the power. They are like life scientists who give their whole intellect into figuring out how they can access the power without going through the way of sacrifice. Their whole life objective is to remove pain and suffering and to enjoy the power and the glory. They try to create an antidote for dying. All the while Jesus said, you've got to deny your Self. They want to remove their cross and they want to remove yours. Not so much because they care about your pain, but because they want a picture perfect world without price. Wow. Don't take my cross. That's the key to my Third attitude I want to talk about, and I'm hastening, is embracers of the cross. Matthew 19, verses 23 through 30. I'm quickly coming to a close, and you'd come help me with the music. Is Jesus is walking with his disciples, and our good friend, Brother Peter. You know, Brother Peter, Brother Peter, just walking, walking with Jesus. I can, I, can almost, I can almost sense the silence. They're kind of wondering about their purpose. Maybe Brother Peter's just kicking a pebble down the road. and They're just following Jesus. Man, and we start thinking about it. And Peter stops. And he says, we have forsaken everything and followed you. 
And Jesus says in Matthew 29, or Matthew 19 and verse 29, everyone that hath forsaken houses or brethren or sister, some of you have lived there, or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my name's sake. You're going to receive a hundredfold and you're going to inherit everlasting Somehow, maybe Matthew didn't hear it, but Mark heard something different. Because Mark heard, you're going to, in this time, and in the world to come, be better off. Because you understood the beauty of the cross. All of that was really a foundation for what I want to talk about tonight. That's this. The fourth attitude of the cross. It was such a bleak and a very odd day. And the writer Matthew is recounting this day and he says, they took Jesus to the common hall. They stripped him. They put on him a scarlet robe. If that wasn't enough, they weaved together a crown of thorns and placed it on his head. I got to stop here and say something right now. I'm thankful for the crown of thorns. There are some that are, that are wrestling in your mind. You're weighing things out. Jesus has already paid the price for your clarity of mind. When they placed that crown of thorns on his head, he was taking upon him in paying the price so that you could have a clear thought brain. Somebody needs to claim that tonight. Somebody needs to claim that tonight. Thank you, Jesus, for touching my mind. It was the blind man, Jesus, that touched his eyes. And he came back for a second touch. He said, he said, what do you see? He said, I see men as trees walking. And Jesus touched him again. He said, what do you see now? I see all things clearly. That's what I feel like sometimes. We're filled with the Holy Ghost and we're touched. But we sometimes don't see things clearly. But we got to come back for that second touch where God can touch our minds. So and they put a reed in his right hand, and then after that they started mocking him. And stripped him of his robe, his own raiment, and led him away to crucify him. And at this point, Jesus walking down Via Dolorosa, place of suffering, had done everything he could and was weary. And 
somewhere in the corner. Luke describes it this way, 23 and 26. As they led him away, they laid hold upon one Simon Cyrenian coming out of the country and they laid on him the cross that he might bear it after Jesus. You can forget everything else I said tonight. Tonight, I want to talk about friends of the cross. Friends of the cross. When you feel like you've done everything you can do and you're weary and it's all that you can do to come to the house of God on a Tuesday night Galatians 6 and 2 says bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ there are times along this Christian journey when all we need it's just a little help. I'm not asking anybody to take my cross. But in this crazy world, every once in a while, we just need a little help. We just need a little help. And that's when I say thank you, Jesus. Those who know what I'm going through that don't berate me, they don't hurt me, they don't look down on me. But like you said last night, Pastor, sometimes a little can go a long way. It has come up to me on a Tuesday night and say, Sister, brother, I've got your back. I know what you're going through. A new commandment I will give you going to be a lot of crazy things that happen, but you've got to love one another as I have loved you. You've got to love one another. By this, not by the sleeve link, not by the church card, not by, no, 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 by this shall all men know that you're main key to end time revival is a true spirit of unity. A true spirit of unity. 1906, old Colorado City, Frank Barlman stood on the courthouse steps and said, oh, the possibility where purity and unity reign. To stand together this evening in the presence of the Lord. I just wonder tonight if there are any friends of the cross that want to get under the burden and help somebody shoulder their load down the path. That's really how we're going to make it all the way to the end. Not on my strength alone, but together, together, together. There's going to come a day when we're going to cast our crowns at his feet 
and say it was all about you anyway. But until then, until then, until then, until then, there's going to come on us a unique and special anointing like the oil that ran down Aaron's beard down to the skirts of his garment. Behold how beautiful, behold how pleasant it is for brethren to be friends of the cross. I'm going to feel the Holy Ghost in this house right now. I feel such a sweet hand of God and a quietness. I feel like somebody's saying in their spirit right now, I'm glad I came tonight because I've got and I have received the strength to walk just a little further on this path. And brother, I want to encourage you tonight. You're not alone. You're not alone. You're not alone. You're not alone. Every head bowed and every eye closed. The singers are going to begin to sing here. And this is just how I feel like doing the altar call tonight. If you feel like you need a little strength, You've come to the right place. This is revival. This is revival. And though the enemy may be coming in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard. And part of that standard is we've got one another here tonight. Tonight I feel like this whole auditorium is going to become an altar. I feel like brother ought to link up with brother. Sister ought to link up with sister and say, we're going to make it. <laughs> we are going to go all the way. And you're not in this alone. As they begin to sing, could you be sensitive and step across the aisle right now? And let's find one another. We're not going to spend all night. We're going to go and fellowship all here in just a moment. Could we step across the aisle and find one another? Can we just pray together? Can we pray together? Can we encourage one another? Are there any friends of the cross? Are there any friends of the cross in this house tonight? As the Lord wills, we'll shout another night. But tonight, I feel like somebody needs encouragement. Somebody needs the hand of their brother the hand of their sister to say, you're not alone in this battle.
look beyond your differences and see that God has given us some crosses, but he's also given us some crowns. should be praying alone. Nobody should be praying alone. Could you look around and hook up with somebody? Look around and hook up with somebody. Thank you for family. Thank you for the family of God. You never know what somebody might be carrying tonight. And you could make the difference. I'm starting to feel an undergirding right now. I'm starting to feel an uplift right now. Yes, often said that the ground is level at the foot of the cross. And that's really true. That's really true. Tonight, if there's that little, if there's that pride in you that's like, you know, I don't need prayer. I'm telling you, my friend, you're doing yourself a disservice. Because around here, there's no big eyes and little U's. No, no, no. We condescend to the lowest estate around here. When you enter those doors, there's not rich and poor, not black, white, Filipino. Uh, no, no, no. Around here, we're family. 
I wish somebody witnessed. Come on, witness that with me. We're family. We're family. We are family. And we're children of the king. We are children of the king. And so we're not insulting one another tonight. That's not an insult. We're praying together. Because as we carry our cross down here, over there we're going to cast our crowns together. You feel me? There's a connection. If you can't help me carry my cross down here, you ain't going to be able to help me cast my crown up there. If you cannot help me carry my cross down here, you're not going to be able to help me cast my crown up there. And so, can we push just one more time? Can we push just one more time? We're not going to be all night, but my friend, my friend, my friend, there's no, there's no room for embarrassment around here. There's no room for pride around here. I need you. Brother Josiah, I need you. Brother Josiah, you need me. You know my story. And I know your story. And Brother Josiah, thank you for praying for me. Because there were times when your prayers carried me through. There were times you were a friend of the cross, but I couldn't even pray for myself. I didn't even have words to pray. But you were touching the throne of heaven. That's what it's all about. All across this auditorium before we're dismissed, can we do one more push? Can we really lift our voices and pray for one another? Can we bind together in the spirit of unity? I want you guys to sing with all of your heart, and let's pray together one more time. Thank you, Jesus, for lifting up my brother, for lifting up my sister. We're going to make it to, we're going to make it to, a threefold cord is not easily broken. We worship you, Jesus. Thank you! Thank you for being a friend of the cross!